We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready here with you from the Clark Ford Studio this uh, afternoon. 2.45-ish as we are uh, hitting the button on this Tuesday. A couple... Uh, Big guest with you today, Keith Carter, the Ole Miss Athletics Director, will join us here uh, in about 15 minutes or so, something like that. And then our uh, debut interview with Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell. He will uh, be joining the show throughout football season here on the Oxford Exxon podcast, the MPW Digital family of uh, of podcasts. So we appreciate, uh, appreciate him, appreciate uh, Keith giving us a little time today. We'll tell you more about that as uh the day and the uh, I guess the days move on, but nonetheless, some um, big show coming up here on the Oxford Exxon podcast, the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Remember, the new self checkout is going there at the Blue Sky location off Highway Six. Go in, don't have to worry about who's waiting on you, or how long that takes. Just take care of yourself. We're big proponents of the self checkout. They are available for you there at the Blue Sky location here in Oxford. You can also download the Speed Pass Plus app. Earn points and save money and get the lunch special that's five sixty nine every single weekday there at the Oxford Exxon. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today. You will uh, love the product. You'll love the service. Uh, Corey and uh, the people at Clark Ford want to take great care of you. Corey always says he wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Keith Carter, Chance Campbell, and all other guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters um, Music and Food on the Square in Oxford, uh, also in New Albany, and then uh, certainly still very hot summertime. You can go uh, starting on Wednesdays. What is today? Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, they open at 5. Saturday and Sunday, they open at 11. Uh, Frozen margaritas, frozen daiquiris. Great fruit, great, great food, 
not great fruit, great food. They probably have fruit too, but great food. And uh, it's right there on the water. Great waterfront views is what I was trying to say. At Rafters on the water, Rafters on the square, and Rafters, New Albany. Grapefruit, a very, I feel like that's one of the worst fruits. I was going to pick one. That's that's kind of bitter. Not not really for not not really for me. That's not. Yeah, that's I like not it in worse. cocktails. Do you really? Yeah. See, even like a Negroni is too bitter for me. Really, it's like one of my least favorite cocktails. Just nothing, nothing to do with it. Which is kind of weird because I mean, most people would say a Sazerac tastes like licorice, but then I have a problem with a Negroni. So it's it's. See, on one hand, like I feel like I've been talking to people about this. I've talked to two or three people. On one hand, like I feel like it's this would be a really good month to like cut back on drinking. You know what I mean? Just to like hit our body reset. Yeah. And on the other hand, I can definitely tell where we're headed with this. I'm about to become even more of a hermit than I normally am. So it's like, well, why the hell would I do that now? I've been such a weird deal. And I remember makes fun of me. I mean, it's been going on forever since really since hand raised guys last year is just how I don't tolerate it very well. I mean, I've been a fairly moderate drinker at different points, but I, I, I can notice as now, for me, really not caring, not having a ton of alcohol at all, that even like one drink, I feel like almost inflammation and things really? now that I don't have it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying not to drink. I'm not necessarily going sober or anything, yeah. but I just... Going I can sober. tell huh? going sober. Going sober, yes. I can tell <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But I can tell that there's a huge difference in even just like one, two I mean I told you if I have two, I don't sleep. I get hot yeah. and can't go to sleep and can't stay asleep. I mean I for whatever reason there's a certain there's a certain level of intolerance a little bit that I've I've figured out once I've really kind of put it away for the most part. I mean I I don't mind having one, but I'm 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 very I'm very selective on probably a little better with this than you are and it's not a shot or anything is i almost go through in my mind do i really need this is this where i'm gonna spend one on because i'm gonna pay for it with some some reason sure and i can easily go no and go okay well i'm, I'm sure good. yeah it, it, it's perfectly fine but, yeah i mean i i think i think really hard about it yet I, I i feel like i'm i'm going to be home a lot more like this fall than i thought of it was going to be and so I can't decide. I go back and forth on it. What's a good reset? 30 days? Just like one month? That's what everybody says. Everybody says you hit a 30-day reset. and I think Corey does that, right? Like yeah. February or January, And right? that you'll either drink a lot less or that you'll completely stop. Really? Yeah. If you'll actually let it flush out and be yeah. completely gone. Yeah. Get through the withdrawals. Well, because there is a portion of it that's habit. There's a certain aspect of I'm just used to the mechanisms of listening to the rock in the glass or having the sure. drink or doing sure. doing whatever habitual thing for your ritual, because it is kind of a ritual that, sure, that, that's involved with, with, with whatever is going on. Because well, I don't do much, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I tell people this all the time. My life is super boring, and so sometimes it's just like at night I'll just have a glass because, like you said, it's kind of a habit. You have a glass of something, and you turn on like some inane show on the Food Network or whatever, and... That's sort of the last thing you do before you just go to bed. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I I turn into like a seventy eight year old man because I mean I'm 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 I'll even like try to trick myself and then I'll have some tea or something just to try to like drink something or do something or kind of feel that decaffeinated tea. Yeah, like some sort yeah. of nighttime tea. Okay, there's a there's a there, there's a peach one that I kind of like. I have well. a couple of times this week already, mm-hmm. and when I say this week, I mean in the last week when I would normally have a glass of something or a beer or something. I've just had a glass of water 
And I found that, oh, maybe that was the trick. Well, most people aren't hungry. They're thirsty. Yeah. When they think they're hungry. Well, food's not my thing. Yeah, I know. I, know. I mean, food is not what kills my diet. I could skip multiple meals and just not give a damn. But it's it's the habit of, and I'm making myself sound like I'm just like a raging alcoholic, and you know you know better. <laughs> yeah, that's not it's not that. It's just a couple of drinks, you know. But yeah, the, the beer is going to think Neil's lining up the bottle. Yeah, and it's not that at all. <laughs> I mean, there are days, but not typically. Yeah, Jay says he's lost like 22 pounds in 30 days not drinking, but you're also cutting calories back way back. You can. You can work out five days a week on 800 to 1,000 calories during the week. Be, I mean, that seems – I know tough. I'm speaking to Neil over here, but that, that seems no, crazy No, that's me. hard. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're all over the place. This is all Neil's fault. He mentioned grapefruit, and somehow I turned that into a Negroni, and then we turned it into alcohol. And, you did. And here we go. So, uh, nonetheless, we got Keith in about five minutes. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um it does feel, I mean, I see a lot of, jo- you know, not really jokes, but conversations about it on the thread. We're all hoping we are wrong, but there is a certain feeling of influx on what's coming. What does this look like? That it, It's an unease that I'm not handling over, overly well because we thought we kind of weren't going to have to deal with this to this extent. And it's not, yeah. it doesn't feel like last July, but it feels a lot more abnormal than I was hoping right now was going to feel. Let's put it that way. Um, Starting to feel like last August. If you remember last August, they bumped school back two weeks. It was uh, kind of nerve-wracking. I remember all the stuff about like Campbell was going through the other side of Rush, and it was all virtual, and it's kind of frustrating. and almost makes you wonder if it's seasonal. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of angst. I can feel it. I, mean, I do. I, I definitely sense there's angst. At a time for Ole Miss, too, I mean, we'll ask Keith about this, where they are you know, gearing up for capital campaigns, talking about improvements that are coming, all these different things, and obviously you're, the, the, the best time for that is not during the middle of a pandemic. So it's at a, it's, a, it's at a bit of a crossroads where these next few months dictate a lot of things, it feels like, from an Ole Miss athletic standpoint. Well, you and I talked about this a little bit this morning, just chatting. Take the athletics out of it for a minute. Ole Miss has a really big, if everything what I'm hearing is correct, and it probably is, they have a really big freshman class due in, which is a great sign after I think they've taken some enrollment hits. Um, I know some specifics on numbers that I probably shouldn't repeat. Like I know, you know my daughter obviously is going to Arkansas, and I have another one that's there right now that's on a rush team getting ready for all that stuff. And their numbers are really high. And it makes you wonder if Ole Miss's numbers are high and Arkansas's numbers are high. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that a lot of numbers are high, mm-hmm. which is great news for everybody. But you got to be super careful if you just start putting a bunch of restrictions on things. A lot of people are just going to say, I'm not going to do this. But I haven't heard that type of like, I've heard nothing about like a move back to virtual classes or any of that stuff yet. And that's, that's the stuff that I've just got my fingers. Yeah, those are the keys. Yeah, sure. that, th- Those are the words I don't want to hear. But from an athletic standpoint, you're talking about, you know, you want to obviously stay away from any limited attendance. You want to stay away from... Yeah, because you, you can't keep borrowing the money. Yeah. At some point, you got to go make the money. And it's hard enough to get people to come to games right now. I'm sure that's something we'll talk about with Keith in a minute. It's hard enough to get people to come to the games. And if you're going to come to the games and there's going to be all these restrictions on you or whatever... 
more and more people are going to say it's going to be so much easier. Like, we, you know, I'd been planning to go to Atlanta for weeks, months, mm-hmm. and I've pretty much made the decision that I'm not going to go to Atlanta. I'll pay up the Dragon Con debt another day. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You know, I'll do it another way, another time, another year, but there's no point in committing money and things to stuff when you don't know what the restrictions are going to be. Sure. We'll ask Keith these uh these questions. I'll let Neil start getting him uh getting him on the phone. Which am I calling his cell? Yeah, just or? call his cell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, call him. Got it. Um Keith's cell, by the way, is six six two. We're on the honor system, guys. Just uh Yeah. I'm gonna type that out here so I can see it. Nobody yeah. call it. Yeah. In the spring, when something's going awry in Central Arkansas, stay away from that. As best you, best, best, best you can. <laughs> you don't think he'd mind, do you? Right, he knows it's a FaceTime audio call uh, coming. I, I told him it could come from my number, your number, or that Skype number. So I, cl- okay. I cleared him on all different. Um, okay. Hey Neil, hello Keith. By the way, you're on you're on live, so don't say anything crazy. You're on live. We, we, we'll bail you out here. I just I I just threatened to distribute your number to the masses, but we did not. <laughs> that would be appreciated. I, I really appreciate that. We, we we told them they could only text you between February and June for really no apparent reason at all. Nothing nothing about that time of year. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty quiet around that time, so that that should work. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, I don't know. We even know where to start. There's a lot to get to. I'll I'll start here because it's kind of on people's minds. We were talking about this just a minute ago. Obviously, there's a lot of COVID news back in the news this August, as there was this time a year ago. Um, as of right now, has all of the, uh, I guess, the new talk about restrictions and stuff has that made its way to athletics? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're monitoring very closely, you know, the cases and, and where we are with the new Delta variant and, uh, you know, the numbers quite frankly, aren't great right now. Um, so we're, we're having those discussions and, you know, what's crazy is a month and a half ago, you know, we're sitting here thinking we're, we're free and clear, you know, we're, we're in a good spot, had a great baseball season and on into the summer. But, uh, you know, now we're right back to some of those conversations that we had, you know, last year at this time. So, um, you know, I think we have a much better handle on it this year. You know, we understand the virus. And even though this one's a little different, we understand, you know, what we're dealing with. We have the proper protocols and things that we know we can do. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely having those conversations. But, uh, you know, I think think really what we've talked about internally is that, you know, anything that we would have to, to, to mandate or, or potentially do would be, you know, in, an, in, an indoor type situation. But, uh, you know, haven't talked at all about, you know, anything we would do for outdoor football or you know, anything like that. We're, 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 we're moving full speed ahead on, on all of that. So, um, you know, still very encouraged about what the fall can look like. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know, keeping a close eye on, on the variant for sure. How big of a relief is that? I mean, after going through last football season with the partial attendances, and I mean, frankly, most of your tenure has been kind of pandemic-related in some point as of now, to get what you hope to be, you know, the, the full stadiums and the full attendance for a normal football season, especially with Lane as the coach and the excitement from that standpoint, is it just a bit of a breath of fresh air? It really is, you know, and again, I, I think, you know, we've had to, to kind of get back in that conversation a little bit with with COVID and, and wish we didn't have to do that but overall I think we're in a really good spot you know we, we've sold about 32,000 season tickets 
which is about what we expected. You know, that's kind of the, the number that we estimated, and we're right there. And I think there are still some people that are, you know, in that wait-and-see mode. They, they want to make sure we're having football. And, and, you know, I think people, you know, last year bought season tickets and then ended up having to, to push some of their money forward and those type of things. And I think we have some people that are just waiting to see uh, that, you know, maybe buy, they might want to buy a mini pack or, or a game by game, you know, ticket or, or those type of things, which is fine, too. So uh, I'm not worried about attendance. I think we're going to have full crowds. I think we're going to have a great product on the field, obviously. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, I went out this morning and watched soccer practice. Our, our ladies were out there for their first practice this morning. And, you know, they're excited to be out there. And, and volleyball is in there hitting the volleyball round as well. So uh, a lot of good things going on, and, uh, you know, really the, the reason we do this is because we, we do it for student-athletes and, and, and them getting to do what they love. You also announced that thing where people can buy the tickets and kind of get the different assigned seats, right? That, that was this thing this week? Yeah, so basically you can uh, – I think it's $299. You can buy that, and, um, you know, the, the seats are kind of uh, rearranged each week. You don't really know where you're sitting, but it is a, a little bit cheaper price point, and so, you know, maybe that's a good option for folks. and. You know, then I think in a couple of weeks, like I said, we're going to start offering some mini plans and, and then also some you know game-by-game game ticket sales. So uh, between all that, I, I think we're going to have a great crowd. And, um, you know, again, I think when we start winning all these games, I think people are going to want to come watch. You, you, Go ahead. You said that about 32 was kind of what you're hoping for at this point. What is the challenge on just getting some of these people back? I mean, you, know, you talked about – I would assume it's a pretty big relief for it not to go on two years where they really get out of the habit. But there is a lot of people that, you know, just simply decided home was nice and you're trying to convince them to come back or they spent money or they did some in other areas or they had some other different hobby. I mean, what's what are sort of the internal conversations on how to make it as much of an event as possible, do different things to, to maximize that after – after a last season where people did kind of get out of the habit a little bit. And I, and I know a lot of that is win football games because at the end of the day, no marketing in the world fixes losses. Yeah, and, and let me just clarify real quick. The 32000 is 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 the full price season ticket. That doesn't include students. It doesn't include the 5000 we give to the visitors. It doesn't include players and staff, parents and family members. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of a, a baseline of, of full price season tickets. But, you know, I, I think, Chase, you know, we, we were looking at some of this even pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, a lot of a lot of fans were you know, deciding that they, they liked watching games on TV. You know, we, it was it was a strategy that we were already talking about that, hey, we've got to make our in-game um, experience as good as, as it can possibly be because, you know, now you can watch every game on TV. Uh, you know, people with families are having trouble, you know, you know really justifying buying a seven-game season ticket. You know, we're, they're not going to be able to make it to all those games. And so um, we were already talking a lot about getting uh, unique and proactive on the way we sell tickets. And so – I think now it's just kind of bolstered that. Um, I think some of this is a wait and see that people are just, you know, they're, they're wanting to get past the pandemic. But I, I don't know that we'll get all these people back, honestly. You know, I think they're going to be watching on TV and uh, they're going to be coming to two or three of the big games that they want to come to each year. So we've got to find a way to accommodate all those people and, and, and give them, you know, what they want from a, a season ticket uh, purchasing uh, plan. But, you know, clearly with the new ESPN deal that we have, you know, that's going to go into place in, in 2024, um, there's a lot of value to TV, a lot of eyeballs watching it on TV. And so, um, you know, we're going to have to make sure that we continue to make the in-game experience a, a really good one. Yeah, that creates a number that of That segued topics. in I wanna, there. I want to um, get to I don't know if you heard. Did you hear about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I was on vacation last week. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, great week to pick 
to go on vacation, kind of the you know seismic shift uh, you know of the past you know fifty years in college athletics happens while I'm on the beach. But uh, you know it was good, and and I think that um, you know when I first heard about it, Neil, uh, I was excited. You know I was really excited, and and you know I've been kind of preaching out on the road, talking to donors and different things. You know we're we're going to launch this capital campaign here in in the next you know several months, and. I've been talking a lot about how it's very important that Ole Miss continues to remain relevant, that we build great facilities, that we yeah. keep great coaches, you know, that we do all those things. Because I, I could see this shift in, in college athletics and, you know, conference realignment. What does the NCAA look like? I, I could see all that coming, and we've been talking about it for a long time. But I think the Oklahoma and Texas, you know, those dominoes just really expedited the process. And so, you know, now you look at what's going on and, um, you know, I'll be honest, I got some emails and, and different things from people saying, hey, you know, Ole Miss should vote no. Uh, you know, this will never win a championship if this happens and all this stuff. And, you know, quite frankly, I, I just felt like that was kind of a loser's mentality. You yeah, know, I mean, I, I think that we, we, we want to be the best and we want to be involved with the best. And uh, Oklahoma and Texas were going somewhere. They were leaving the Big 12. And if they went to the Big 10 or the ACC, guess what? Then the SEC scrambling for who, who we're going to ask to join us. You know, why, why pass up on two of the biggest brands out there? So uh, I'm excited about it. I know our coaches are, our student athletes are, and uh, you know, we look forward to the challenge and, and having some great competition on the field and the court. Took a break in the podcast to tell you about Nick's Tan and Associates here in Oxford for all your real estate needs. I introduced them yesterday and a couple of good friends of mine, I know Keith Graham and Clay DeWeese, Glad that they are a part of uh, the podcast and the site as well. They are the sponsor of a new content item coming out every single Sunday that will come out this week. But if you're in the uh, market for a home, the buy side, the sell side, if you're thinking of making Oxford either your uh, kind of vacation or permanent residence, give Nick's Tan Oxford a look online. You can also contact them at 662-281-1200. About 32 com- years of com- or th- th- more than 30 years combined experience between those two as well as the rest of the uh, people in their office as well adding to that experience. Clay is your uh, state representative for District 12 and they will take care of you. So use the link that's in my signature if you're a member of the site. I've got their uh, their logo in my signature on the message board. Click that Go to their page, find out everything you need to know, but the uh, URL nickstanoxford.com or 662-281-1200 and tell them that we sent you when you head over there. Podcast also brought to you by Tyson Drugs and GNM Pharmacy. Remember, if you're a state and school employee in the area, the state side with an insurance provider who uses CVS Caremark, which is a PBM, a pharmacy benefit manager, don't confuse it with CVS Pharmacy. The prescription cards supplied to those employees include the CVS logo. It's identical to the pharmacy logo, but you don't have to do anything. You don't have to use CVS. You're all good as you are there with your local pharmacy. Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs, GNM right there in Oxford. So 662-236-2222. GNM delivers locally in the Oxford area. They support the community. So check them out today. The podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark. The uh, best internet around, two packages, the Ignite 100 Mbps or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available, parental controls, network security, and more. So call the office for details and get the best internet around. Podcasts also brought to you by Visit Oxford, visitoxford.com, or sorry, visitoxfordms.com slash events to check out everything going on locally this week and every week with that, including 
Music in the Grove featuring Damian Walsh. That is uh, kind of similar to the Summer Sunset series that was going on. Bring your chair, hang out there in the Grove. That's 6 o'clock on August the 8th. Also, the YAC, the Yachtmatawpa Arts Council presenting Iron Bartender. That's August 13th. I'll be in attendance for that. I'm one of the guest judges. As some of the best uh, bartenders around will take part in the competition. Two different winners. You can come. You can buy tickets. You can sample the offerings and uh, hang out around some alcohol and some great bartenders and uh, maybe uh, <clears throat> meet a few new people in the process as well. So that's going on August 13th for that. Also, August 13th, visit Oxford doing bus tours at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. You can call Visit Oxford Reserve Spot. That's adult tickets, children tickets, and more. And remember, an adult ticket gets you $100 off Blue Delta Jeans, another one of our proud partners. So take advantage of that as well if you're in town there on August 13th. And for more on the Iron Bartender, sorry, that's OxfordArts.com to find out more. So the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are meeting today, and there's all sorts of speculation about who else has reached out and that kind of thing. And I know you're not going to give away any state secrets if you know them, but, but I am curious – You've been doing this a while. I don't think you were stunned that Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12. I doubt if you were super stunned that they came to the SEC. How much more movement do you expect nationally as it pertains to realignment? And if you sort of had to look into your crystal ball, how do you see sort of the SEC looking 10 years from now? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, there, there's going to be quite a bit more movement. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like. You know, does, does the Big 12, you know, dissolve and, and join other conferences? Like you said, do they try to, you know, work with the Pac-12 and figure out a way to, to schedule each other and those type of things? Uh, I know there's been some conversation around that. But I think there's a lot, like I mentioned, dominoes. I think there will be many more dominoes that are going to fall. Uh, you know, from an SEC standpoint, you know, who knows? Um uh, I'll give the commissioner a ton of credit because he, he is always forward thinking. He's always trying to put the league in the best place, um, you know, to, to bolster what we already have. We know we're a very strong league. Um, and by the additions of, of Oklahoma and Texas, I think that did just that. So, you know, if I'm him and, and he, he has an opportunity to have a conversation with maybe some other powerhouses or other opportunities, um, I, I would be shocked if he wouldn't want to have those conversations. But uh, you know, don't know anything about that. I haven't heard that there's any other conversations happening right now. But um, I do know that the commissioner, the SEC office, the presidents and chancellors, the ADs, we want what's best for our league. And we'll continue to explore any option to make that happen. You mentioned facilities. I was We talked about this I don't know, last week. We do these every day. And I can't remember whether it was two days ago or six days ago or whatever. I'm sure you can relate. We did a show where we talked about the future of stadiums and such. We hear recruits talking about having conversations with coaches about facility enhancements. And I know it's something you've talked about publicly, at least to some degree. And I think you guys have some announcements coming later, but let me phrase it this way. If money were no object, and I know that it is, but if money were no object and you could do whatever you wanted to do to your football stadium, what would you do? Um, you know, I think if, again, if money's no object and land is no object, um, you know, I think you, you would want to kind of start from scratch from a standpoint, if you want your stadium to, to be symmetrical, you want it to, you know, have all of that pop and sizzle that, that, um, you know, I feel like what we have right now is kind of four different looks in our, in our stadium. And so, you know, what, what we're looking at doing at some point in this campaign is, uh, really a total renovation of the West side of the stadium. Uh, which would, you know, obviously move around from the south to the west. We would try to, to, to tie those in, make those uh, look a little more similar. 
Um, and then even wrap it around to the north uh, to where we would enhance the student section, do some things there to create some social areas and make that a, a little better uh, you know, place for them. But what I also want to do, Neil, in, in this probably the construction piece of this would not happen in this campaign, but I also want our, our architect to go ahead and look at what that would look like if we extended it onto the east side of the stadium so that we do have kind of a master plan for what this stadium could look like. But um, I think we can get to a really good place. Um, I think that, you know, it's it's long overdue. Um, you know, when you start talking about projects of this magnitude, it's it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and it's just hard sometimes to. To, to put your foot on base and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to put in the work to do this. But we're dedicated to that. We've already had a lot of preliminary conversations, and, uh, and we're looking at that. But uh, you know, I think we've got a good footprint. we just got to get after it and raise the money and get it done. So you're talking about knocking down, I mean, down to the studs, the, the west side. Is that, That's what you foresee? I think it's down to the slab. I don't even think we get to keep any studs, um, you know, when it's, when it's, it's like all said and done. And again, we're, we're very preliminary. We've got a couple of, uh, of consultants that are helping us, uh, a master planning company, and then another uh, kind of owner's rep that's helping us explore everything. Um, but I think what we're looking at, and again, preliminary, but it's probably going to have to come down to the slab, and then we would, we would start over and, and go up. I'm going to get this question, so I'll just ask you, even though you have no idea, that would disrupt one football season in the hopes of from a how do you play inside the stadium as it's going? Yeah, uh, at least one, um, maybe two, just depending on, um, you know, if you go the Texas A&M model and you spend half of your project cost, you know, to expedite the process, uh, you know, maybe you could get away with one. But uh, we're, we're looking at all that again. We're, we're exploring kind of what it would even look like uh, we'll, we'll get to that, por- you know, that portion a little later, but, uh, for sure, at least one, but potentially two. I would lose so much sleep thinking about that if I were <laughs> in your spot. I mean, I, I, I would be such a stressed person that I, I would, I would wake up like drawing it on the side of the, I, I would, I would, I would drive myself insane. So I'm glad it's you and not me. Well, it's, it's a, it's a big undertaking and, you know, really that's, that's only a portion of the, of the, the master plan. We've got a, a big, uh, about a $40 million renovation to the Manning Center. We're going to you know, redo softball and soccer. We've got phase two of golf. Uh, we're going to do some stuff over at the baseball stadium. So, you know, I, I think it's very important when you do a capital campaign and, and a master plan that you, you try to touch as many of your programs as you can. You know, I think if you look back to four together, uh, we basically touched every program. You know, every program had, had a piece of that and, and uh, we're able to, to, to add resources and add facilities and, and, and better facilities. So, I think as we look at this comprehensive master plan, we want to do exactly that. What is timeline, kickoff, amount? I mean, what, what's sort of the, the, the overall parameters of the capital campaign? Well, we hope to have some components of it ready to display uh, really soon, maybe within the next month. Okay. Um, you know, we, we've got some of that, and, and that would probably be centered around more of our Manning Center renovation. Um, but then probably the, the big launch is, is kind of – kind of uh, looking around like it might be around a bowl game scenario. So maybe, you know, late, late December, early January, uh, hopefully early January. Um, but uh, that's, that's what we're looking at for kind of the grand launch of the, of the campaign. What do you want to do? I know you've said this elsewhere, but I, I don't know that I've seen it. What do you, what do you want to do to the Manning Center other than add some things to it and, and f- spruce it up? Is it, is it like, like a gutting it or is it just some enhancements? Um, you know, I, I don't think it's gutting it. I mean, I think the bones of that building are really good. Um, but basically, we would we would put in a, a totally new weight room. 
uh, a renovated weight room, much much bigger, much uh, more more depth and size, and and then uh, a big renovation to the locker room. Uh, we would flip flop some of our existing programming to different places to make it more efficient, um, and then you know, like you said, just a general overhaul of graphics and. Uh, you know, getting getting it back to kind of this uh, state of the art facility. You know, again, the bones are really good. Uh, it's very functional uh, for for what we need. But at the same time, you know, every coaching staff has a little bit different need. This is something that Coach Kiffin and I've been talking about. You know, really since since the interview. You know, since he got to campus and uh, the pandemic has slowed us down and basically put us a year behind. Uh, but we're excited to you know hopefully get started with the construction piece of that. You know, in January or February of next year. Is softball a start over, or is that modification in some way for their stadium? You know, I, I think we can modify. Um, we've got a lot of work to do over there. Um, I think the, the 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 place where it is, the 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 piece of land that it's on, is is a good piece of land. Um, there's some components I think we can save, but uh, but we've got to do some work. And and I don't know exactly what that number looks like. Um, I don't think it's a total rebuild, but uh, you know we're going to have to really do some work and. Again, that's what Jamie and I talked about during her interview process, and, and she came down and toured the campus. You know, that was important to her, and uh, it's important to us. I mean, it's something that we really need. Softball is a sport that's really, really growing, and, um, you know, I think it's a sport that, who knows, at some point we it could even be a revenue sport for us. You know, we might start charging admission and uh, and seeing what that looks like. But uh, Jamie's doing an awesome job over there, and, and we've got to turn around and support her and her efforts. Obviously, just finished the huge baseball project. Well, what does that entail, some outfield stuff? Yeah, you know, I think that's uh, – it's interesting how projects work. You know, you you either kind of go all in on the the player amenity or the fan amenity. And if you look at baseball, that's kind of what we've done. You know, when we did the the Diamond Club and the seating piece, I think it was 2008 or 2009, uh, you know, you kind of went all in with the the fan amenity. And then we spent about $22 million on the the player amenity with the – you know, the building down the the first base line. And so now we kind of flip back to the fans – and, and see what we can do in the outfields. Um, you know, we've acquired the piece of property back behind right field where those tennis courts are. And so we're, we're going to explore what we could do with that and, and what that could look like maybe with an enhanced student section out there. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how um, the, the right field and the left field are great at what, what they are. Uh, we just need more. I mean, there's a demand for, for more people to be out there and, and those type of things. Do we bring all that right up to the fence? Uh, and, and, and try to create, you know, a little bit more atmosphere there as well. So we're going to explore all that and, and see what that looks like. What's been your overall impressions of name image likeness over a month? Well, I think it's been good. I mean, I think that there's been a lot that we expected and, and a lot that we, we didn't and then we've learned. Um, you know, overall, I think NIL is a, is a good thing. Um, you know, I've used this example. If you're an accounting student at Ole Miss, and you're really smart, and you create an app on your phone or, or some small business that makes money, uh, that's perfectly legal. But until you know July 1st of this year, that wasn't legal for our student-athletes. So um, I think having those opportunities are, are really, really good. Um, I think there's a lot of layers to this discussion and a lot of unintended consequences to this discussion. So um, like I said, we've learned a lot. I think we've had about 80 transactions so far that have come through our platform, uh, which is good. And um you know, for us, I think what we think about is we want to give these student athletes every opportunity, every resource, uh, you know, have a, a, a space for them to ask any question that they need. And we want to help them, you know, with, with this with this process. But at the same time, you know, from an administrative and compliance standpoint, we, we obviously, you know, to Neil's point, we, we wake up at night thinking about, you know, we want to do this the right way. We, we would never want to jeopardize eligibility or, you know, any type of NCAA violation. So, 
Um, there's kind of two sides to it. But overall, I think it's been good. And, you know, you're seeing some of these stories out there of million-dollar deals and, you know, six-figure deals and those type of things. And we, we haven't had anything like that yet, but, uh, but who knows? We get a question all the time. I'm not exactly sure where it's come from. And then I'll see kids kind of hint at it, kids being prospects. So I'll just put you on the spot and ask you, is there anything in the plans to go Jordan brand with Ole Miss? Um, well, you know, Coach Kiffin does a good job of teasing Jordans quite quite often, um, which is which is good. But uh, you know, no, right now there's not. Um, you know, we are looking at our existing uh, Nike deal to see uh, what we could do to enhance it, um, maybe become more of an elite school with them. Um, but as far as Jordan, I, I don't really see that in the, in the near future for sure, but I, I could see us potentially, uh, you know, like I said, enhancing the current deal with Nike, you know, if, if the stars align a little bit. While we're talking uniforms, there was a question in the thread. Are you going to add red stripes to the white pants? That was in the thread. It's not my question. It was in the thread. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at whoever it was on our YouTube thread. Yeah, so so Neil, this is kind of a, a running joke in my family because um, my son is 16, and all he talks about are uniforms, not yeah. just Ole Miss uniforms. Like any uniform that pops out, he's like, hey, Dad, have you seen this uniform? I'm like, he and I should Drew, hang I, out because I'm a uniform guy. So Drew, you are? Okay. Drew okay. and well, I, would, we, we, would be able to, like, we would be able to converse for hours on uniforms. Well, well, I may put you together so that he won't talk to me about it. Um, uh, but I, I'm just – and I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm just, I'm not really a uniform guy. I'm, I'm kind of like if the kids like it um, and it helps in recruiting and, you know, that like, then let's do it. Um, also, I like the traditional uniforms. Like I, I like the, the red on the, on the gray, the gray pants and, and all of that. So, um, you know, we, we'll talk through all that, but I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't have any idea if we're putting red stripes on the white pants, um, <laughs> but I have a feeling we'll be, we'll be wearing the white pants quite a bit this year. But um, the, the uniform discussions, um, they don't always matriculate up to my desk, and, and that's ne- not necessarily a bad thing. Well, tell Drew to holler. We, we can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He and I can. We'll break that down. Yeah, it feels like the gray's been phased out. That's basically what you're saying, right, Keith? That the gray pants are no more, and we should we should, we should post about that. It's official. It's official. You heard it here first. Uh, no, no. I, I think that that last year, um, yeah, I'll say this about Lane, uh, and th- this is true. This is 100 percent true. I think this is why the players love playing for him so much. Like he, he gives them so much autonomy and, and you know, gives them the opportunity to, to add input on different things. And, and the uniforms are one of them. And I think last year they just fell in love with, with the combination of the white pants and the powder blue. And, you know, I, I will say this, I, I think we probably need to find a way to balance it a little bit more and, and get back to a little bit more of the traditional look from time to time. But I mean, y'all know these young people. They they love getting out there, and they watch the Oregon's and the you know different schools and, and all of that. And, and I think Lane has a great pulse, you know, pulse for that, and um, allows them to do some of that, which I think is good. Yeah, as crazy as we might think it is, there's no question that it that the whole uniform thing can be, even be a recruiting tool. There's no doubt about it. Young people are are uh, very focused on it, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or some somewhere in between. It's just a fact. Keith, you mentioned yeah. that you you mentioned getting to a more elite status with Nike. I mean, what what does that entail? I mean, how do you do that? Is that strictly a branding and wins and being more apparent, or is it you know merchandising dollars or something different than that? How how does that actually happen? Well, it's kind of all of that, Chase. Um, and and I'll be honest, I'm I'm learning a little bit about it. We we've got um, 
Tom Kleinlein, who is our represent our liaison with Nike here, is, is working with them a lot, and I've been involved in, in a lot of the conversations too. But um, yeah, there's different levels to it. I mean, you can you can become more of an elite school with what you with your merchandise and 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 what you sell and, and those type of things. And, and for us, that's important to us because we we want to make sure that that you know if a coach is wearing something on the sideline or whatever, that we can have that product and, and put it in our store and have it available for sale and, and those type of things. So, but yeah, I think it's all about, you know, your sales, your, your eyeballs that are on your brand, those type of things. And so we're working through all that now. And our hope is that we can, uh, like I said, enhance that, that contract at the, at the proper time. I know because of secondhand sales and things, you don't necessarily know, but what's your hope for how many Ole Miss fans are in Atlanta for the opener? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, we've had, uh, I think we sold about 7,500 tickets through us, which, you know, I think the last time we are there, we sold about 13,000 for the, well, not the last time, but the last time we opened the season there with Boise, uh, we sold about 13,000. So haven't sold quite as many there. Um, you know, I, I think if we end up with 10 or 12,000 fans there, I think that would probably be a, a really good crowd for us uh, for this game. But, uh, you know, hopefully as, as we get closer to the game, people's appetite for football, you know, gets a little more and they're a little more in tune with it. You know, our hope is that, uh, you know, folks will come out to the game, but it should be a lot of fun. And, and, and I know, you know, our players and coaches are excited. How are basketball ticket sales just early on? I know you're a little ways away. Yeah. Um, so I was in a meeting yesterday. I think we sold about 2,500 from, for the men and about 500 for the women so far. I think the deadline's at the end of this month. So, um, you know, one thing about Ole Miss people, and I can say this because I'm an Ole Miss person, um, we usually wait to the deadline to get our tickets. Uh, no, nobody really gets in a super hurry for that. Uh, so we, we know that those numbers will continue to climb. And, and I tell you what, I I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited about both of those programs. I think they're both going to have great seasons. A lot of newcomers on that basketball team. Have you, have you been out to see any workouts or anything? What are you? I know as a basketball guy, you're curious and probably a pretty good gauge of talent. What have you seen? You know, I've, I've been out there one time this summer, Neil, and, and I'm ashamed of that. Um, I, I want to get out there more, uh, but I was very impressed. Um, you know, you look at them, kind of that, that old, you know, get off the bus saying, I mean, they, they look really good. Um, you know, I think we've got a, a true point guard in Deshaun Ruffin that's going to be, you know, just electric for us. And um, I think it's a really good mix of returning guys and then new guys. And, you know, I think that's what we're, we're seeing a lot in this day and age with the transfer portal and, and, and you know, not just at Ole Miss, but everywhere. But, uh I think they could be really good. Uh, I think they like the, the big kid from Miami that transferred in and, um, you know, they like the pieces that they have, but you know, it's, it's going to take, you know, some guys stepping up and, and, you know, filling some voids, but, uh, and I'll be honest, I think this year we're going to probably see what a Kermit Davis team really looks like. You know, I think we, this is, this is year four. These are his guys. Um, you know, he's recruited to kind of his style. Um, I would be shocked if we have a guy this year that averages 20 points a game. But I think we're probably going to have five or six guys that are averaging in double figures. So I'm excited about that and excited to see, you know, what, what this team could do. Muscle memory make you just pick up a ball when you walk into the gym to watch practice, still throw a few up every time? Or do you, you – how's the back feeling? Are you able to do that? Uh, not really. Not really. I, I tell you what I think every time I walk in the gym is how in the world did I used to do this? Because those guys, and they run so fast, they jump so high, they're so physical and strong. Um, you know, you see them with those elbows when they come through the through the lane, and uh, I really don't want any part of that anymore. But uh, I'm glad we got the guys that can do it. You mentioned going to the beach. Are you a big reader? Are you just reading books out there? You, 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 you what, 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 how, how are you passing time at the beach? 
Well, first of all, I got a sunburn in the first two hours, so that was a problem. Um, but I stayed under the umbrella a lot after that. But, you know, with three kids, I mean, they're super active. You know, they're wanting to be out in the water. They're wanting to be playing, you know, paddle ball and out on the boogie board and all that stuff. So I, I, I try to do that and stay active out there. I'm not necessarily just a lounge a lounge guy at the beach. So try to stay active, and, and but try to keep the sunscreen on as well. All right, we got the last last question. Ginger in our thread, Keith wants to know. You can you can pick your question. No, we're gonna do it this way. You can have one condiment for the rest of your life. Only one. What one condiment are you are you taking? That that one's not even a. There's not even a close second to ketchup. I mean, you got to really? have ketchup. I mean, any of my friends will tell you that ketchup is probably my favorite food. So. Um, Ketchup, no, no, no problem there. Easy one. Are you an, are you a mayonnaise person or not? Uh, maybe a little bit, like on a hamburger, but not not really a mayonnaise guy. Yeah. So, so like, what do you, what all do you put ketchup on? I mean, like literally everything, or just like fries and burgers and and, and hot dogs? Yeah, do you dip your taco into ketchup? Yeah, like, are you, what, what, are you what crazy are we about it or what? Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but yeah, I mean, just your traditional stuff. Like, um, and I'm a traditional guy eater i mean that, that's what i eat i eat i eat my, my diet's not great but um, i love the burgers and the kind of the game fair so yeah I- anything like that i'm i'm dousing in ketchup and um uh, you know that's a that's a big part of my diet <laughs> i get made I, I get made fun of keith because when i was a kid i would dip meat lovers pizza into ketchup and it's like a mm. sentimental thing for me and i do it with nothing else i hardly ever eat ketchup but i catch more grief on this here podcast over that over the years than anything else that i do yeah, I don't do that. Um, I don't, maybe dip into some more marinara sauce, but but yeah. not into ketchup yeah, uh, on gross. pizza. But hey, I, mad respect, man. I mean, yeah. whatever it takes. I'm I'm a, I'm a ketchup guy, and if that's what you like, do do you. What yeah. about steak? Well, so I used to I used to dip steak in ketchup, but okay. um, as I've gotten more refined and more cultured <laughs> in my older age, I enjoy the steak now for for the for the for the cut and for the cook. So I, I don't okay. dip it in ketchup anymore. So you got hazed about that one when you do yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of kind of like your, your pizza thing. A lot of people <laughs> okay. made fun of me, so I said, all right, I'm going to stop doing that. That's good. That's a good thing to stop. That's, yeah, there's, can't do that. Any more than you can dip pizza in it. That's disgusting. <laughs> hey, thanks for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely, guys. We'll see you this fall. Okay. That is uh, Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. Kind enough to spend some time with us. So that puts the Jordan brand thing to rest. Yeah, we've got a lot of questions answered there, including the uh, the Jordan brand. Thanks to, to to knock off the list. Keith always good with his time. Appreciate him uh, doing that, hitting a lot of different topics there over the course of, uh, I guess, half hour. I not really noticed that. But. I will tell you, uh, deadsoxy.com, if we can go to the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout, they're back with us. Get 25% off your entire order at deadsoxy.com. The no-shows, the uh, traditional socks, the specialty socks, all of that at deadsoxy.com. Podcast also brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. You get all underwriting and processing done in Memphis. You're going to look at underwriting to understand your market, a leader in condo financing, the float-down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. What do you think of the whole Big 12, Pac-12, they're – Admitting they're going to get together, they're going to talk. You know, the last time the Pac-12 was interested in taking some 
Big 12 schools. If you're the Pac-12, are there any of the leftover schools that interest you at all? Are there any Big 12 schools that interest me if I'm the Pac-12? Yeah, if you're the Pac-12, are there any of the leftover, the irate eight? Yeah, I still think that given, for multiple reasons, I think the only three that do anything for me, but I would have interest in Iowa State, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. To differing degrees. Yeah, yeah I can see I, that. But I think those are the three that whatever passed that, I have no interest in any of them whatsoever. I mean, none. Texas yeah. Tech does nothing for me. The, the Frankly, I, I'm Baylor next, and I mean, Baylor's a shit show. Like, I, Baylor would scare me to death. You know, it's funny, yesterday, a lot of people in the media kind of took some pleasure watching the Texas State Legislature or whatever grill Texas Athletics Director. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, but it was petty. It was. And after a little while, it was really petty. It was grilling your ex-girlfriend after she's dumped you, and she's just decided she's going to take the high road and take it, and she's not going to fight back. And she's dating someone better than you. Yeah, and the guy she's dating is like this. Yeah. He, he's just the whole package. Yeah. He's rich and better looking than Rich, better looking, great family, the whole deal. Really nice guy. I love the politician asking him what his budget was for athletics and then basically say even with that crap football team, um, that was that was good. Pointed out he was three and seven against TCU in the last ten. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> what I mean. I mean, after a minute it just kinda of got petty and you can almost see Texas going, see? <laughs> mm-hmm. See what we've been dealing with? Yeah. When we get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to say anything. Going to take it today. I know. But I'm with you. I don't know. Like, I guess you could tell me Kansas to the Pac-12 makes sense. I'm having a hard time with Iowa State in the Pac-12. Yeah, I, and it's not geography. I think Iowa State's going to the Big Ten. I do too. It's not geography. It's Frankly, state. I think Kansas and Iowa State are going to the Big Ten. And I think Oklahoma State and somebody else finds a landing spot out west. And I'm going to stick with my prediction okay. that there is a Pac-12 defective defection group okay. that goes east, some to the Big Ten and some elsewhere. Including the SEC. I think the SEC is very much on the table. For anybody beyond SC? Who? I think that's it. I think that's it. The only other program that I could see in the SEC because of the television market is Arizona State. Okay. It's a huge TV market. But do they push it? Does it do enough to actually make you believe you get those eyeballs, though? Because Arizona State's a very just average size program, yeah. fan base. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean you're grabbing Phoenix just because, I mean, that's like going, hey, we want Northwestern because that gives us Chicago. I mean, right. like, eh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I, I kind of go back. I mean, because frankly, we've seen that that actually is a misstep. Rutgers, Maryland. Sure. Everybody goes, hey, you get into this footprint? No, you didn't. You didn't get into right. the footprint at all. Not at all. Um, you would in that scenario. You would get into the footprint. If you've sure. ever been out there, you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Arizona State is bigger in Arizona than Rutgers is in New oh, Jersey. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But look, it's a neat fan base and place. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Phoenix um, is a cool town, the whole the whole deal. I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of, I get, a, I get more and more affirmation just sort of reading the tea leaves that my prediction has a chance. And then the other one that I, I haven't ruled out, 
is the master plan where Michigan and Ohio State programs like that go, okay. Let's all just go one. What do you think? Yeah. Jace is feeling bad for Texas. It's like having pity on a Kardashian. It's hard to do. Yeah, look, there's there, there are very there are limitations to our pity on the University of Texas. Um, they're they're very much centered on what we're discussing. I will say that the Congresswoman in Texas makes a good point. If you're three and seven against TCU, God help you against Alabama. <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like that's kind of what she was doing. Going, hey, okay, go yeah, have at it. Have at it. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're be better than three and seven against Georgia? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you watched Georgia? Yeah, it's kind of like that. There's a little bit of, a little bit of okay. Because she's like, "What is your budget?" And he's like, "Uh, two twenty-five, two thirty. Yeah. Where's that rank first? So yeah. you're gonna make even more. Yes, that's with the losing football team. <laughs> <laughs> She'd been waiting on that one all day. She was ready. It was so chambered yeah. up and yeah, ready. It was. So. But you know, if you're pissed off and you're going to get one shot at it, you got to take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, be petty. <laughs> you do wonder, like, where does TCU go? They fall off the map. They have to call the American. That's their. I mean, that, it wasn't it, too long ago they were in the Mountain West. Yeah, they should call the American and get in with Memphis and Cincinnati and That's UCF. Nice. And I think UAB is going to join. By the way, have you seen UAB's new football stadium? You told me about it, but I haven't seen it. I've just seen it from the interstate, but I'm in, I'm impressed. It is fantastic. Their facilities overall are pretty damn good. I mean, their baseball team plays at that downfield sta- downtown stadium, Regions Field, is that what it's called or whatever? Yeah, it is? I, I mean, mean, it's I'm going to be honest, if you're if you're a D1 athlete that is not quite good enough to play in the SEC, you maybe from a football standpoint, that would be a and I'm my friend Kane Womack would not like me saying this. Yeah. But damn that, and they've got a facility down there that's supposedly really nice. I need to go see it. Yeah. Um. But it'd be hard to beat UAB if you couldn't go to Alabama or yeah, Auburn sure. or Ole Miss or Tennessee or whatnot. If you were just one click down, boy, it'd be really tempting to go play at UAB. Yes, Stanford is very private. Jay, they they will they will be happy to tell you about <laughs> yeah. their 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 privacy. Yeah. They're, 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 it's Stanford. They're more private than you can imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, I do think we have a few years of 16. Yeah, I do too. And then whatever happens. A few meaning more than one. So even a couple's in play in your opinion. And then after that, I'm, I'm all bets are off. The money is what sticks out to these people. That's what the more and more you yeah. talk to people, they're, they're like, so the SEC is going to make Well, I mean, much? look, and we, we didn't press him on it. And, I mean, I am not want to put words in his mouth. We'll ask him maybe to clarify at some point. We have him on the podcast again. But, I mean, Keith kind of said that. He goes, hey, yeah, we really want to work on attendance, but some of these people are gone. Hey, those broadcast rights, I mean, that's kind of yeah. what yeah. we got to be as marketable as possible for the television. Well, you heard- 15 years ago, it was, no, we got to get butts in seats. And now it goes, no, we got to get dollars on the TV. Yeah. We've got to enhance our brand. Yeah. We've got to be solid. It's... So one thing Keith did say, I was just, I'm thinking about it as we kind of jump around and we're going to talk to Chance in a minute. Chance Campbell, not Chance. What are you, you're, you'll see, you're, you're now Chase, Chance, and Chet. I'm, and Seth. And Seth. I'm, I'm just Neil and Nick at this point, yes. right? You only picked up one alter ego to this. <laughs> <laughs> but you do wonder, like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you go two seasons without a side of your stadium? 
I mean, they played the one season without a south end zone. Yeah, because I, I came up for one of those games. Eli's man. first year as a starter was without the south end zone. And that was a weird look. Was it just the one? I want to say they did it in just – maybe one and just a piece of another. I don't know. I know that the O one one season, because I came up for a game. I was sitting just next here. to that end zone when they played Murray State in the opener in one and I remember it being – Whatever, because Eli set like the SEC record for most completions in a row or something that night. Would have kept going. He hit Joe Gunn in the helmet with the next ball. He dropped it. Um, oh, you're losing. Look, but ticket sales wise, thing. you're losing. I mean, but I mean, it is the most. I mean, it, it, uh, as much as you can be, it's part in our progress. I mean, that's an exciting thing overall. Oh, sure. It just takes a minute. Sure. It's just the whole two. And look, you've got to play in it. You can't go put your home games no. in Memphis or Jackson or. Jackson's not playable anymore. No. No, 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 no. no. It's, that's not an option. No. There is no option. Uh, yeah. Memphis isn't. You can't go play your home games in Memphis. That won't work. Jackson's not an option. There is no other option. I mean, there seriously aren't. I mean, frankly, yeah, there's, no, there's not one. In your mind, you're going like, see if State will do you a favor or something. No, 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 no. You couldn't do that. I was, I mean, I was in my mind wondering about playing a game at UAB, playing a game at, but I don't. Doing think. some sort of tour across the South. A little bit. You can't. That's no. asking too much of the kids, too. Yeah, it's asking way too much of your program. I mean, you play a game in Nashville. I, I don't know how you would go about doing all that. Plus, you, you want to be able to recruit. You want to be able to bring the kids to campus and show them, hey, look what we're doing. Notice that there's no stadium there? Yeah, well, That's yeah. because. This is what it's going to look like. Here's Yeah, so that's that's not really doable. Yeah. Maybe you go down from seven games to six or something. But Yeah. We, uh, we're going to talk to Chance Campbell, Ole Miss linebacker, in the uh, introductory interview for that. We're excited to have him this uh, this season. Every single week during the year, you will hear from him on this here uh, podcast. So the first one here coming up, Neil recorded with him yesterday, I believe that's correct, two days ago. Yeah, yesterday, around noon. Okay. Okay. So pre-recorded, hang on the stream. You'll get to see him, get to see Neil and uh, his wonderful interview, um, Magistry, that's coming up. <laughs> yeah. And we'll... Uh, We'll have that, and we'll be back to close the show with you as well. So here is Neil McCready and Chance Campbell, Ole Miss linebacker. The Oxford Exxon Podcast brought to you by 7 South Tailgating. Kyle Thornton and the people at 7 South have been with us for a while, and the Grove will be back open and full capacity this fall. The team at 7 South Tailgating will be there to serve any tailgating needs you may have. It's your one-stop shop for all things tailgating at Ole Miss. They provide a level of service that's unlike any other. Their team's passionate about serving fellow Rebels, and it shows. So if you use their service once, you'll never tailgate without them again. To lock in a tailgating package for this fall, you can visit their site, 7southtailgating.com, and submit a request. Or you can feel free to call them directly at 662-321-1682. Also brought to you by Game Changer Patch Company. Game Changer Patch Company developed their own custom blend for treating hangovers several years ago to help reduce dehydration, prevent sleep deprivation, and help process alcohol. It's the only two-patch system available on the market. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking and while you sleep. Need to get in touch with them. I use this during my vacation. Uh, some of the drinking on the beach, you'll be glad that you did it. It absolutely works. So get in touch with them, GameChangerPatch.com, GameChangerPatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Also brought to you by Automation and Control Systems, LLC. 
Uh, Clay McNutt and the folks there in Baldwin, Mississippi, have been running ACS since 2013. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or 662-601-4381. Be a part of history this summer with the Oxford Park Commission. They're hosting their first fall volleyball league for girls October through November. The leagues are open for ages 9 to 14. The cost is $50 per player. Go to OxfordParkCommission.com today to find out additional information or to sign up. And girls cheerleading, sisters, you can cheer on uh, the brothers during Oxford Park Commission's youth flag football this fall. Cheerleading is one of the new offerings for girls ages 7 to 14. OxfordParkCommission.com, two cheer seasons, one for football, one for basketball. The cost is $50. Also brought to you by Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate, based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell, or Ole Miss graduates, they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the village at Madison, 60,000 square feet of retail, restaurant, and professional office space along with roughly 75 zero-lot-line residences with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. It's uh, located on the corner of Madison Parkway and Main Street in Madison, Mississippi. You really need to check that out. So to learn more, get in touch with Sam and BB at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at BlueDeltaJeans.com. Get in touch with them today. Visit uh, their website and uh, check out their virtual tailor. You can be measured and design your own jeans in just a couple minutes. And Blue Delta will make sure you're looking great for the first kick of football season in September. You can get 10% off your purchase by using Rebel Grove at BlueDeltaJeans.com or in the Oxford studio. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford has been serving the Oxford area for more than 73 years. From engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, and more. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Comer Heating and Air has been serving you for more than 50 years in um Professional HVAC experience here in the Oxford, Tupelo, and surrounding areas, 662-801-1777. If you're having uh, cooling issues or you just want to make sure your uh, unit is in tip-top shape, 662-801-1777. And we're brought to you by the College Corner, your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area, also collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell, kind enough to join us. This will be the first of uh, many visits between us and Chance over the course of this fall. We're going to talk to Chance during camp. It's going to be pretty sporadic because he's got camp and it's preseason and it's super busy and the time is uh, pretty much completely consumed by football and meetings and such. But once 
camp is over and we get into the uh, end of the season, we'll figure out a time probably early in the week, each week when uh, we'll spend 20 minutes or so together and we'll bring that to you. I know all of you out there on our YouTube channel are interested in hearing from Chance over the course of the season. We are too. Uh, this is brought to you by the Rogue, by the way, the Rogue 4450, I-55 North in Jackson. We'll be telling you about specials at the Rogue uh, throughout the season. I've got Chance's in Maryland right now. I've got a package of uh, gear for Chance right back here that he'll be wearing. He'll be modeling. Have you ever modeled before, Chance? No, I think they find better looking dudes for that. <laughs> so he'll be yeah. he'll be modeling a little bit over the course of uh, the year, some different stuff from the Rogue. So we'll get that to him when he gets back into town. But first of all, appreciate you doing this. Excited about it. How you doing? Good. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Never really. I mean, this whole NIL thing, never really done anything like this. So excited to be on here and learn from you and talk to some guys. So I was, I'll start here. I'm curious when this whole NIL thing happened, did you even give it any thought? I mean, did it even cross your mind that, Hey, this might impact me or how, how could I, you know, benefit from this? Or did you even think about it? Yeah, to be honest with you, um, not really at all. I know it was kind of in the works. I know people had been talked about for a bunch of years now. And then got people were saying like rumors are starting that it's going to kind of come to fruition, but having moved from Maryland to Oxford, um, like kind of in a new area. I didn't really think that I'd have – thought I might have a couple opportunities at Maryland to – since I'm from Maryland, been there uh, my whole life. So moving to Oxford, I didn't really think too much of it. So I didn't – like, no, nah, I didn't really pay any attention to it. And then, So it's kind of interesting to see, like, what ends up coming of it. So let's start with your career at Maryland a little bit. You, you, you signed with Maryland out of high school. That was with mm-hmm. Coach Durkin, is that correct? That's correct, yes. What was that – what was that like? I know you had you had a handful of other opportunities. What was it about Maryland that you liked then? And and we'll start there. Yeah, so that was um, – I wasn't a super high-recruited guy or highly-recruited guy. Uh, my, Maryland was my first offer. Um, and it was my first offer, I want to say February, of my junior year, so after I had played my junior season. Um, so that was what kind of always stuck out to me because there's a time when you're in high school and you're not – like you feel like you can play the next level, but – you might not necessarily have the gratification of people telling you that you can. And so when that first one came down, you're like, oh, cool, like this is something I could maybe do. Um, and then my recruiting wasn't like – they didn't really go crazy like a lot of guys see, so it just kind of stayed pretty constant. But that was a place near home. I'm a big homebody. I'm home right now. Um, so I, all those things kind of added up and had that be the right place at the time. You had a really solid career there. Uh, at what point did you start to think – Hey, I, I see guys out there doing the grad transfer thing. I know you're, you're a good student, probably a really good student. You were get, getting uh, out of school quickly with your with your bachelor's degree. Did you start to think, hey, I could look around? Or did at some point, did you think I'll, I'll pursue my master's at, at Maryland and continue to stay here? What was sort of that process like? Yeah, so I had, luckily I had a lot of guys um, older than me on the team when I got there told me about like the importance of getting classes kind of done and under your belt. Um, and the reason being was for me the time to kind of pursue a master's. So try to get everything out of a scholarship because I feel like um, a lot of times it's really easy to kind of just skate by and not really get much out of your education, but like really lucky being an athlete, having that uh, taken care of. So kind of like go out and get the most of it. Um, so I was kind of chugging at classes early, trying to trying to graduate so I could go pursue a master's. And then uh, like, just so happened to be that when you do that, that kind of opens up some grad transfer opportunities as well. So that wasn't like on my mind. Um, just kind of one of those things that kind of fell into place. 
I'm going to backtrack a little bit because we'll get back to this because I wonder if it, the two things are tied in a little bit. I've told this story about me a year ago, um, about this time. We're recording this on Monday, August the 2nd. Um, about this time a year ago, Chance, and I'm sure you remember it well, there were a lot of rumblings that, hey, the football season's really in jeopardy due to the COVID pandemic. Yeah. Um, specifically, there were some strong rumors that the Big Ten, the Pac-12 were almost certainly leaning towards opting out. You were getting ready for, I guess at that time, kind of getting ready for whatever was to be at, at Maryland. What was going through your mind when you, you know, you, I know you're not a big social media guy, but come on, we yeah. were following the story. You were aware of it. What was on your mind when you were thinking, so I'm getting ready for a season that, that might not happen, probably won't happen. What was, what was that like as a player? Yeah, it was a, it was like it was a really strange process. So we had actually been, I mean, so it started uh, like we were, we obviously didn't do spring ball, um, and then came back for workouts in June, and that was one of those things that was weird because it was like nothing, 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 and then boom, it's like hey, we're gonna start working out the next week. Um, so you're like okay, cool, like things might start happening, going through workouts like those are strange. Like so you're lifting outside, everything's spaced apart, but you're like you kind of thinking to yourself, you're like man, college football is just my thought was it's too big to fail. Like there's no way that we're not going to play a season. Um, but then you get closer to camp and it's like, well, things are still like, you can't play football six feet apart. Like you can't, can't not be in a locker room together. So it's kind of strange. You're like, I wonder when it's going to click. And then we actually kind of jumped into like a little pseudo camp early. I think a lot of, like a lot of teams did where you were allowed to do like football related things. Um, so we were doing that for a little while, but then you start hearing these murmurs. that's like not going to go down. And it's like, that was really strange. Cause you, you're going, going to the facility and it's like, okay, this is happening. Then we were actually quarantined in a, in a hotel. So in Maryland, that's, we weren't at our place. It was like, that was a different experience as well, but we were in a hotel. The programs in a hotel? Yeah, we were in a hotel for, uh, I want to say, I could probably pull it up and get you an exact date, but we were in the hotel, well, like the back half of July. Oh my which God. Was, yeah, and it was weird. So like I have, um, like I said, I'm not a big social media guy, but I had, uh, a bunch of my buddies are in different places now. And so we have these things called, like, I don't know if you're familiar, but like Snapchat memories. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah, like a year ago today. Aware of Snapchat. Yeah. So like <laughs> a year ago today. So I started sending some to some of my buddies, like us in the hotel. But there's this weird thing where like you're at the facility and you're like, all right, there's going to be a season. And then you get back in the hotel, you like cut the TV on, like go to ESPN, and then you start hearing the rumbles. Then someone pulls out their phone on Twitter and some analyst is like, this isn't going to happen. And so it's like kind of go back and forth. And it's just like, it's kind of crazy. So when the announcement got made, I, I remember it vividly. Uh, my daughter had just gone back to college. The, the, my, my wife and my other two kids went to Birmingham to visit her sister. And I got a call. I, I've told this story on the podcast a ton of times. This will be the first time you've probably heard it. I got a call from somebody who pretty close up to the SEC who said, hey, man, I don't know. And I said, what do you mean you don't know? And he said, I don't know. And I said, is there going to be a season? And he said, we're going to try but it doesn't look good. And this was on the heels of the, the it was on a Sunday. It was mm -hmm. on the heels of the announcement that the PAC 12 was not going to play in the big 10. I, I might have it, the, the two leagues confused, but one of the leagues had announced it wasn't going to play. And the other league was announcing the next day that it wasn't going to play. And it was just such a depressing feeling, you know, I mean, as someone who yeah. works in sports media, 
What was that like for you? Because for you, it impacted you far more than it did me. You played for a Big Ten school when the announcement is made that, hey, the Maryland Terrapins are not going to have a football season this year. What was that? Yeah, that was uh, that moment. Yeah, so I want to say I want to say the Big Ten came down the first and the Pac-12 was the next day because I kind of remember. Well, I remember the first shot because I remember like a few months earlier when um, like in March when things were like when things were kind of first happening like how there'd be a big school. Like I remember the Ivy league canceled their tournaments and then it was kind of like a rumble. So I remember being like thinking in that moment, like I wonder what those guys are feeling like. And then fast forward to I think it was like August 5th or something like that, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, like the big 10 said it, I think we were the first and we were, we actually got, we finished a practice the day before then didn't go out to practice. So that was one of those things where it's like, something isn't right because we were supposed to be in pads they stopped that process i don't know if you remember that but we were that acclimatization uh period just got two days of helmets and then pads but we never even made it into pads um so i remember they canceled it and guys were kind of like looking left looking right like we were still in the hotel at that point and um so like emergency zoom meeting like guys are like all right yeah uh out of the hotel by tonight like if you need a place to stay you can stay there but if not like we're we're done. So like guys kind of looking around like, you know, like, what do we do? And so you're just like kind of hoping it's not real. You ended up having a season and we'll talk about yeah. that season over the course of future uh, conversations with you, because I'm, I am absolutely fascinated what it was like from a player standpoint to play a Maryland Penn state game, for example, at Penn state in an empty <laughs> stadium, because that's not yeah. It's not what no. you sign up for, right? I mean, you sign up to play in front of 100,000 people and whether you yeah. play for the, the, the Nittany Lions or to be, you know, the enemy inside that, that arena. I mean, that, one way or the other, there's a high to that. What is it like? And we'll talk about this a lot more over the course of the years. We talk about different things and different mm-hmm. games and such. But just what was that like playing in front of these completely empty stadiums? Yeah, so I'll kind of hammer on Penn State real quick because that's a – that's kind of a funny situation. So my dad actually played um, played football at Penn State back in the 80s. So okay, played for Joe Paterno. Yeah. Um, so, like, that when I was real young, that was kind of like, you obviously want to be like your dad, and that was a big place for me. And then things didn't really fall into place there. But I always just kind of remember, like, always keeping an eye out for that game. Because, like, just like you said, there's always a crazy atmosphere. Like, they're a national brand. And then there's, like, that little, like, personal kind of tie into it. Um, and then the, the year before we had a Friday night game that just that one still still is up under my skin, but did not go the way that we wanted at all. Um, and so kind of like the next year, you're like, all right, ready to go. And so we come out firing and it's just weird because that Beaver Stadium is normally like electric. Like they got the music bumping, but you can barely hear it because people are screaming. And I remember one of my really good buddies, Ace, um, he's a tech, he's a Georgia Tech now. We had a play where he had a um, got real lucky. He had a strip sack. Like I lucked out, was in the right spot. Like no one was around, so picked it up, ended up scoring, and we were both in the end zone, and like looking at nobody, and like <laughs> we were just kind of like hanging out there, and like it's one of those things you're excited because the game's going on, and you're just like, this is not what I thought. Yeah, yeah. it it was like watching dress uh, rehearsals. You know, yeah. a scrimmage where, you know, right before the season starts, most every team in the country plays a 
kind of a very controlled intra-squad scrimmage in the uniforms and stuff so that you go, yeah. you know, you get all your pregame stuff done. I mean, it, everyone does the same thing. And, you know, that's kind of what yeah. it looked like. And it's had this. That's what it felt like. Yeah, it felt like a, right. it felt yeah. like a scrimmage. It just meant more. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, you you made the decision. You graduated from from Maryland. I know you, you, you weren't in the portal very long, I don't think. Did you go into the uh, portal pretty much knowing where you were headed? Or what was that experience like? No, I mean, so – I I went in the portal having like an idea of places that I thought might might fit, and then so you do a little bit of research, make sure because the portal is like a tricky place, and so like it it's not always super fortuitous. Like a lot of guys don't get exactly what they think they're going to get out of it, and so it's just like you don't want to get stuck. So you want to have things that you think might work, but you never really know because you can't do anything until you get in there. Um, but I did know that I wasn't going to be able to be somewhere for spring ball. So I did want to make that decision quickly, though, because I wanted to learn the playbook. I wanted to, like, pay attention to the team, like, try to best I could, like, understand some of the dynamics there. And um, so, like, I knew that when I did get in that I wanted it to be, like, a quick process. So those, I think it might have been two weeks, maybe just under three. Um, like, a lot of phone calls, a lot of research. Like, it was a, it was a kind of hectic couple weeks. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle is also home to the Pinnacle Trust 401k advisory services team. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle Trust and the Oxford Exxon podcast. They'll be uh, make it worth your while that you did. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso, worldwide network of travel partners, allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits. Simply not available to other travelers. It's a lot of great sports travel packages out there right now. The uh, 2022 World Cup in Qatar, the Masters in Augusta, Georgia, the Super Bowl in Los Angeles in February. All of those trips, trip packages that uh, John and the people there at Regency Travel can put together for you. Just get in touch with them, give them a budget, give them some parameters. They'll give you options, and no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off the first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, Nissan, Grenada Nissan USA.com. Also brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can get in touch with her at 662 567 2573 or 662 842 3844. Brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. They're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailers being built today. They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market. They can even work with third parties to have game day trailers, concession trailers built just for you. For podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. A full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories, and uh, listeners can get 
off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's Full Service Shop. They repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. And uh, make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Chevrolet in Jackson. Let him help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Just give Joey a call or a text on his cell, 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for. Stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting. Let him earn your business. And with any purchased vehicle, just mention the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal podcast, and you get a $50 gas card. When you made the decision about Ole Miss, what was it that steered you towards, towards Ole Miss? I know that you knew Coach Darkin. He's the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss now. I'm sure that played a role in it, but what else kind of played a role? Yeah, that place just really checked off every box that I had. So, I mean, I have a lot of Big Ten pride playing the Big Ten East, but there's always that question, is Big Ten East or SEC West? And so, like, I knew that I wanted to go play the best football that I could. Um, and the SEC West is definitely there. So that was that was huge right there. Um, the deep, just like you said, Coach Durkin was there, and I liked everything that he's about. I liked the defense that they were running. Um, so that checked out for me. I know I developed as a player. He's one of the smartest football coaches I've ever been around. And that staff kind of follows the same suit. Those guys are just geniuses from the top down. Um, so I was going to learn a lot there. And then I was also a place that like really cared about football. Like kind of like you always see the tagline, like it means more. But it like I mean having been down there, it does like guys on the team care about it. Like, I mean, not that guys don't everywhere, but it's just like, there's not as much going on there. So it's like, that's kind of, that's it. So I like all those things just added up and it just was a, ended up being like a really great fit. So I know you've been in, in and around Oxford since late May, early June. What have your impressions been of, of Oxford, of Mississippi, of the South is how much of a culture shock, if at all, is it from, from Maryland to Mississippi? Yeah, no, it's, I've never been to that part of the country. Like, I've never been um, that far south, so it was definitely new. Um, the humidity got me a little bit. I thought I knew humidity. Like, living not too far from D.C., like, it gets pretty hot and pretty humid here, but that it hits you right in the morning as soon as you walk out the door. So that was that was something that was kind of funny that, you, like, you know about, you read about, but you get there and you experience. Um, but life down, like down south to me is just a little bit slower, which I really like. Um, it's not as, like – it's not as rushed. Like, you still get your stuff done and you're still getting at it. But, like, the pace of life's a little bit slower, which I enjoy. People are super friendly. Um, Southern hospitality is a real thing, so that's pretty cool. What about the team? How, how when, you, when you join a team as a transfer, I'm sure there's a little bit of, I don't know what the word is, maybe not, not trepidation, but maybe you're a little anxious because you don't really know, you know, how guys are going to accept you. And, obviously, when you come yeah. in as a grad transfer – they're not bringing in let's, – let's be real here. You're not bringing in grad transfers from Big Ten programs to sit on the end of your bench. You're bringing those guys into play to, to plug in, in, into a role. 
not to be a, a project. So you're, you're coming mm -hmm. in and obviously the coaches are bringing you into play to play a role. Um, what just kind of how, how readily accepted were you by your teammates? What was that transition like to go from being, you know, a team leader at Maryland to, Hey, a new guy at Ole Miss. Yeah, no, I, that, that was something that I definitely had a lot of concern about because um, it's only natural that there might be a little bit like a little rub there, but it really wasn't. And that's not like me being on a podcast saying it like it just it was I was shocked that there really wasn't like before I even got there. Um, it's like tough to single guys out, but like Lakia Henry, one of the nicest dudes. I mean, that whole linebacker room top down, those are all solid dudes. But I bring him up because he actually called me. Um, just asked how I was doing. Like, out of the blue, I remember I was in the kitchen with my mom, got a phone call, didn't recognize the number, and it ended up being him. He's like, hey, man, just, like, really excited to have you down here. Just, like, want to know how you're doing. And, like, that that's an example I can point to. But, like, I've had an example like that with everybody on the, in the linebacker room and then guys in the whole locker room are, are really great about it. And I think that's something that, like, I, I don't even know if I could have hoped for, for it to be as good as it is there. So that was really cool. And then um, I think part of it is a little bit of a role I have to play. So I was a leader at Maryland, and that's something that I took a lot of pride in. But I think I like have said it to some of my buddies when I talk about the experience. But I think there's like an art of being a new guy. So like coming into a locker room, there's there's an art to it. Like, you know, like listen, don't talk as much. Get to know guys, just kind of follow, understand, and then really just help the best way that you can. But you can't do that unless you listen and you, you understand the situation. So I try to do my part too. Which is interesting because I'm, I'm wondering if the coaches, when they brought you in, when they signed you, part of one of the things they liked about you, obviously they think you're a player and all of that, but did they yeah. want you to come in and, and, and be a leader? And, and, and if so, how, do you, how, how does that process work in your, in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so because that's something that I think I think I have some good leadership qualities and that would pat my back too much, but I think that's one of those things that will develop naturally. Um, so, uh, again, like kind of going back to the whole art of the new guy, I don't think you come in and start barking too much. I think you just come in and then like really – I mean, my that never really was my style anyways. It's always kind of a lead-by-example kind of gig. And then like I'm always a big fan of kind of like take one, touch one. So grab a dude. And if you think you can help somebody out, like grab one, help them out the best you can, and then try to like set him on a path to go help somebody else. Um, so I think doing that in the offseason and then if it's going to – be that in the regular season I think a lot of that has to do with just play so it's one of those things it's like I don't really put too much emphasis on it because if it's going to happen it'll happen you know what I mean so I'm gonna do my best to set a good example and try to help guys the best way that I can and hopefully that falls a lot I know you report to Oxford later this week you gotta start camp late this week early this weekend I'm not sure mm -hmm. fix it doesn't really matter you got a month to get ready for your season what is camp like at the the college level how do you what do you what do you anticipate with Elaine Kiffin camp as opposed to what you experienced at Maryland. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested because everybody does things differently. I think camp is universal in the sense that it's a grind. Um, like you get up early, you go to bed late and between those hours, it's all ball. So that's when I was a freshman, I think it happens to a lot of freshmen. Like that's what, that's what you want. You're excited for it. And then you get it and you're like, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> so that's something that now like you get older and you understand, you kind of accept um, but then like, once you get a little bit older, it's something that you really enjoy because there's really not any distractions. Like you don't, don't have to worry about school, which is like awesome. Like, cause you just all ball. You don't really have to worry about anything socially. Cause you're just, you're with the guys the whole time playing ball and 
like you have a pretty singular focus goal, which is just getting ready for that first game of the season. So it's like, it's nice because it's one of the few times in life that you can really just like just dive in on your craft, which is pretty cool. No, you weren't part of the defense a year ago. Obviously, you were playing at Maryland, but mm. they, they struggled on defense at, at times, especially throughout the, the early and middle part of, the, part of the season. I thought they played a little better towards the end. But I was talking to Jalen Jones the other day at SEC Media Days, and he was like, look, you know, I mean, there's only one way you can make the criticism go away, and that's to play differently. It did seem to be, talking to him, talking to Matt Corral, it did seem to be there's a kind of a chip on the shoulder a little bit. There's still something to prove. There's a there's a, a renewed confidence inside that building. And again, I know this is impossible for you to make the comparison in years because you weren't there, but when yeah. you're around those guys, do you sort of sense those themes? Yeah, absolutely. I think those guys, they, I mean, Jalen's a perfect example since you brought him up. I see him around the facility, iPad in hand, watching tape. He's not the only one. It's a, that's the norm, not the exception. Um, guys getting in extra work because they feel like there's more to prove because uh, we didn't have the year that we would have liked to have had last year. And I think, like, I, I obviously wasn't a part of it, but watched a lot of the tape and this, like, we, we did trend in the right direction. Um, so, like, I think that guys are proud of what we have but aren't necessarily proud of what we put on tape last year. And I think that's a cool thing to have because, like, you're pretty sure on what we got. So, I mean, I'm new, obviously, but I see the guys that we have around. We have all the right pieces. We have the right scheme. We have, like, things are going to fall in line. So now it's just kind of up to us to go do it. So chip on the shoulder to get you jump started is never a bad thing. You mentioned playing in the SEC West. You're going to get your, uh, your your taste of it this fall. Is there one or – we'll talk about this throughout the year because it's one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you is, uh, you know, the – Fans don't know you yet, and they're getting to know you, and you don't know the SEC yet. You've never played against yeah. LSU. You've never played against Alabama, against Auburn, against Arkansas, whatever. Is mm-hmm. there uh, are there a couple of experiences? I know that I know that the stock answer here, Chance, is no. What's one day at a time, one practice at a time. All our focus is on yeah. that. I get it. But in the back of your mind, is there something <laughs> that you're like, yeah, I, I do look forward to X. I am curious about X. Is there yeah. one of those things that stick out? See, like I not so one thing that I really am excited about is I've heard a lot of things about like a game day in Oxford. So the first the first game day in Oxford, I'm really excited about. And so it's cool because there's like there's something about every game that we get that I'm that I'm super pumped for. Obviously, Louisville first game of the year, get to go back to the East Coast, which was cool, playing in an amazing stadium. Um, so that like that's the first game, like first like first prize. So that's that's the one that I'm like kind of like itching for right now but then you fast forward and start looking at some of these games and it's like there's something special about everyone so like i i'll make the comparison to the big 10 just because it's something that's what i know but like there's something special about playing ohio state in the show but there's also something special about taking a train up to new jersey which is what we did the year before i got there but like that experience going up new brunswick and playing Rutgers there and there was something special when my freshman year when we went to iowa and they did the way to the children's hospital like so there's something really cool about each game, and I'm excited about finding that in the SEC. So, like, finding that that special thing in each game. So I'm pretty sure we go to Alabama this year, which will be awesome. Like, I'm working on my, my geography, but Arkansas and Mississippi, are, they're border states. So, like, that's cool to have, like, a border state thing going on. So, like, there's something neat about each game that I'm excited about. Well, listen, really appreciate the time. Looking forward to doing this throughout the year. I know that uh, you got camp coming up that's going to occupy you for a little while. 
when you get through with camp, I think that first game week we'll get you back on and uh, we'll get started with with visiting with you weekly. I know that the fans are excited about it and enjoy your time with your family. And I look forward to seeing you later this week. I'll get this gear to you for uh, before you get cracked into camp and then we'll, we'll go from there. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Chance Campbell. We'll be back with him uh, throughout the entire football season here at uh, rebelgrove.com and MPW Digital. And that interview is brought to you by The Rogue. Each week, The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. Uh, They've got their college collection, the collegiate collection that's coming out. It's out now. I've got some of it here uh, to get the chance when he gets back to Mississippi. Uh, They've got all the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, Duckhead, and more. 4450 I-55 North in uh, Jackson or therogue.com. Thanks to uh, Chance for uh, doing that one. What do you what do you what do you got? So this is Ralph Vacchiano covers the New York Giants. Series of tweets today. Joe Judge had a rough day today. Full team brawl at Giants camp with quarterback Daniel Jones somehow at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Joe Judge is absolutely livid, he says. He's got the players lined up to run. After doing 100-yard runs and not hard enough for Joe Judge's liking, players are now lined up at the foul line doing push-ups. Goal line, I should say. There is dead silence except for Joe Judge's whistle and his expletives. So many expletives. Now Joe Judge gathered his players around him, sent his coaches away. He wants them all to himself. And now practice is mercifully over. Wow, I've never seen Joe Judge that angry. Actually, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone that angry. <laughs> what happened? They just lost it. And the quarterback ended up in the bottom of it. Yeah, he jumped into the middle of it. Come on, Daniel. That's his fault. I know you want to be part of the team, but my man. No, this is the equivalent of the pitcher going and sitting in the dugout and not catching the pop-up. Get yeah. get get out of the way. Yeah. When there's a Let the linebackers have it. Yeah, when when the Dodgers have a bench clearing brawl, someone, not. someone's job is to get Clayton. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what Clayton wants to do. You're the holdback guy that makes Clayton look like he wants to fight, but he just can't quite get there. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so bet the under on the Giants win total for the season, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, the fighting Giants. <laughs> Evan Ingram apparently was one of the one of the people at the at the initial whether I don't know if he instigated or not, but he was he was a participant in the spark that led to the fire. Yeah, Hunter says Logan Ryan put a dirty hit on Evan Ingram. Okay. It's just August the third. Not great. We got a month and a week of camp left. <laughs> Why do NFL teams have such long camps? Is it really necessary? Some of it is because they weed down off so many players, right? Yeah, but... but They know for the most part. But you used to do it because guys had off-season jobs and you had to get them into shape. Sure. Well, they're in shape now. They show up in shape. I mean, have you seen... Except for uh, Kelvin Benjamin, our boy, last week. Have you seen DK Metcalf? Come on. He didn't. He, he, he didn't let himself go over the off season. <laughs> it looks like he may have worked out some over the off season. Yeah. Does he really need seven weeks of camp? 
Saints social media team yesterday giving pictures up of all the quarterbacks, but if it's in alphabetical order because they don't know the depth chart. Um, <laughs> all four of them. Who are the Who are the other guys? Uh, Simeon and Ian Book. Oh, Remember you're they screwed. Drafted, they drafted Book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jameis got this. He looked like he was in a good mood. Did he? He was smiling. He looked good? Oh, yeah, he looked great. On the hoof. I mean, boy, he set in. Bigger, faster, stronger. Strength Strength coach with the Saints, really worked hard. Got him, got him ready this offseason. Really dove into that playbook. Really focused. Sean's going to fix him. <laughs> the only hope we have here is going to fix him. What are you talking about? <laughs> gonna throw through, he's going he's gonna to throw fewer than 15 interceptions this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, oh, we can really run the football. Getting hurt in week six, huh? <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about the rest of the week, but we will talk about something. But uh, big show today. Appreciate Keith for giving us a good bit of time. And then obviously the uh, the introductory interview there with Chance Campbell as he joins us throughout the uh, season. Lively, good crowd in the live stream as well. So appreciate you guys as always. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow at some point. Have a good day. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.